maybe mine are lost, or maybe they're rolling around in my head looking for a place to land, or maybe not. My daughters tell me to get tested, tested for what I ask, even though I know for what, but it's for what I don't want to know. So I let the marbles roll around in a swirl of distracting colors because I don't want to listen to them, the daughters, because if I hear them, I will be very afraid. And this mother cannot be that mother. Not ever. Never. Sylvia and me. Hi, I'm Sylvia Beckerman. Join me today as I talk to an extraordinary woman who is changing the world by making a difference in her life and the lives of those around her. I'm Eugenia Zuckerman, and I'm delighted to be here today. Eugenia, thank you so much for joining me on Sylvia and May. And just for a little background, you're an internationally known flautist, author, and advocate for those with Alzheimer's. You were the arts correspondent on CBS Sunday Morning, which I love, for 25 years, and the artistic director of the Bravo Vale Valley Music Festival in Colorado for 13 years. You're the author of numerous articles, screenplays, and books, and you've recently written a book called Like Falling Through a Cloud, a lyrical memoir of coping with forgetfulness, confusion, and a dreaded diagnosis about your own battle with Alzheimer's. I want to, I, I definitely want to get into your book, your, your poems, which is all about you. And ever since you received the diagnosis, can you, the, the name of the book is like falling through a cloud. The first poem in there is like falling through a cloud. And when you got your diagnosis, you went home and instead of crying, you said you started writing. Yes. Um, I got back from the hospital where I had been diagnosed and uh, one of my daughters had uh, dragged me there and I got home and uh, we were laughing all the way home and got up to my apartment, got into the apartment, uh, went uh, to my desk and sat at the, sat, uh, stared at the wall for a minute. And for, for some reason, I picked up a pencil and started writing. And, and that, that's just what happened. And it wasn't that you just started writing uh, fictional or you started writing thoughts that were coming to you. you actually, this actually is a book of you going through from the diagnosis to treatment, to therapy, to dealing with moving and, and, and all of what you're, you've, are going through, and yet everything you do is there's a positivity and a moving forward. You have not let this degenerate of cognitive uh, degeneration stop you from being positive. I didn't know what I was doing. All I know was that uh, something was wrong. My daughter said something was wrong and I had to 
you know, get tested. And uh, once I, I did, I went up to my apartment and sat at my desk and stared at the wall for a while. And then for some reason, I don't know why, I just picked up a pencil and started writing. And um, it, it just, uh, I feel as if it was a gift to me. I don't know how that happened. And I, maybe the best way to express myself with that is to uh, tell you in words from the book. Um, I'd love you to. Good. So which one are you going to read for us right now? Marbles. Which I, I, I love because it has, why don't you read it? And then, and then maybe we could talk about, it will probably tell us why you wrote it. Okay. I'm going to read Marbles. Okay. Maybe mine are lost. Or maybe they're rolling around in my head looking for a place to land. Or maybe not. My daughters tell me to get tested. Tested for what, I ask, even though I know for what. But it's for what I don't want to know. So I let the marbles roll around in a swirl of distracting colors because I don't want to listen to them, the daughters. Because if I hear them, I will be very afraid. And this mother cannot be that mother. Not ever. Never. Words. Is another. Uh, should I? Go right ahead. Okay. Because it, it just tells each one tells the story as you were going through from getting the diagnosis. So go right ahead. Words. They taunt me, tease me, test me when I fail to find them. I know they're hiding somewhere in the dark realm of my cerebellum, floating around, mocking, sneering, shouting. Catch me, remember me, speak me. Sometimes it's wise to wait. Wait for one word or the kernel of the word to explode like popcorn and leap onto my tongue, bringing others with it, stringing a sentence together for me to speak. And I say it, all the words in the right order, spilling out of my mouth. And my brain asks me, okay, was that so freaking hard? You don't have to tell me. This is a, I just, is, is it okay to? Yes, yes, okay? because we will talk, you know, in between, but go right ahead. And then there's one in particular that I'd like you, but go, go ahead with the next one. You don't have to tell me. I am no dope. I see how my family notes my lapses and losses of appropriate words or a name or the date. And it makes me fretful to be forgetful, so I try to hide it. But it's out there, the lapses and losses, which escalate slowly, absurdly, inevitably. And I know there is not a cure for my fragile mind. But being no dope, I will try to find the best way to cope. And I won't dance the woe is me or bathe in a tub of self-pity. I am not suited to it. I simply will not do it. I will find a way, my own way, which is the only way to survive. Before you read the next one, which is Taking Stock or So You Know, it's one of the poems that you read to some of the groups. I know you talk at Alzheimer's 
association events and groups. And you specifically uh, read Taking Stock, or so you know. Could you go ahead and read this particular one? Sure. Taking Stock, or so you know. I am a woman, 72 years old. I have two wonderful daughters, a husband I adore, lovely grandchildren. I'm lucky to still have a vibrant career in the arts as a flutist, writer, artistic director of major music series, television journalist, educator, and internet entrepreneur. And despite a little glitch with my memory, this is the happiest time of my life. I won't joke about my old timers disease, nor will I call it early you-know-what. I am determined to remain centered and in control and devoted to finding a way, my own way, to be able to say and to mean what I want to convey. And as long as I'm allowed to stay, I pledge to fight with all my might to keep the darkness at bay. Now, when you read that, what do people say to you? What do some of the people that you are talking to and reading this to, what do they say to you? What do they come up to you after you've read this? And, 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 and what is their reaction? Well, I find very positive reactions and most do not believe I can stay positive, but I am positive. Uh, Keeping positive, I, I never sat down and said, oh, I better be positive. Um, it just felt the, the right thing for me. When I had gone to the hospital and come back and was at my desk looking at the wall, thinking, whoa, this is really something I have to deal with. Um, but I never felt like, oh, God, I have to deal with this. I just somehow... I don't know how I made it positive. And I can't say I'm just a positive person. I never thought I'm a positive person. But <laughs> um, I think perhaps it was simply that, you know, when it was shoved in my face, I had two choices. One was to cry and run away. And the other was to say, hey, let's see what this is all about. And I'm glad I took the right road for myself, which was to say, let me find out what this is about. And um, here I am, how many month, years passed? Um, three. I'm three, I am three years into it. And um, I find it more and more interesting. It's not about me <laughs> anymore. You know, I don't think what's going to happen tomorrow. It never is that. It is, um, gosh, you know, um, I, I feel very lucky that I don't have to get to a desk and have a, you know, I, I don't have to have a real routine. I'm very lucky that I'm able to, um, to do this and to think about things and to take the things that I think about and put them onto the paper. And um, it, it is, it is a real joy for me to write. It's, um, I, I can I can truly say I have never sat down to be writing the book 
uh, you know, trying to drag it out of myself. It was always sitting down and, oh, what can I say now? You know, how can I express myself now? Um, it was a it was a gift to me that I could sit down and whatever I was feeling, I could express myself and perhaps understand myself better by doing that. So, well, it turns out it's not only a gift to you. What you have the gift that you have given to so many people who are dealing with Alzheimer's, whether they have it or they are close to somebody who has it, you have given them hope. It's not a, 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 a death sentence. It's not, look at what you're doing. You're, you're sticking to your creativity. You're still doing um, I believe you're still doing some concerts. Um, I know that, yeah, I, I know you are. I, I did my, my research because <laughs> it was so interesting. In fact, you just recently, you were at the Radically Reframing Aging event. And didn't you do the, uh, you read the closing at this five-day event? Yes, I did. Yes. Right. And it's it's you've chosen to remain creative and your message is is positivity, positivity and hope. Yes. And, uh, and that is huge. I, you know, you have two choices when this happens to you. And I don't know that the choices are are, are thought about, you know, it's like, it's like someone threw mud in my face and I didn't have a choice. And I had, the only choice I had was be to, to, to be angry and cry or wipe the mud off and start again, think again, figure it out. I mean, there are three phases of this disease and I'm in the first phase, which allows me to keep living very actively. And I'm, you know, I, I'm glad that I'm still in the first part. And I think uh, I don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm in the first part. <laughs> I'm <still laughs> in the first part. But I just keep going because that's, um, that's what's been given me. And what's been given me, I have, you know, when, when something's been, well, basically someone threw pie in my face. You know, there you go. And you know, you have a you have a choice. You can be furious, you can be upset, you can you have to deal with something like this. And especially when you have the mud in your face, you wipe it off and you have to find a way. I mean, I unlike so many terminal diseases, Alzheimer's has no physical pain. There is no physical pain. Uh, I'm not going to say it's fun, <laughs> well, uh, but, but um, it's not pain. And in fact, because it isn't pain, it gives me a chance to look at it almost um, at a distance because I, I'm not sitting here angry and, and steaming. I'm, hitting, uh, I'm sitting here thinking, 
this is where I am and this is what I'm doing. I, you know, here I am in, in the third, what is it called? First, first phase, my first, first phase. phase. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like every person or every writer, I'm, I'm just doing it. I'm not, uh, not I, I don't have an end game. I, uh, I, I don't okay. some, it's, it, I don't have an end game. I, I just think it's going to keep going. And I don't think about that either, but it's, um, you know, I, I don't wake up in the morning and think, oh, this hurts and that hurts, <laughs> you know, or, or, oh gosh, I have to do this or that. I, I, maybe for some strange reason it has um, made me uh, a happier person because I know that you know uh, when, when you think you have the whole life ahead of you um, that's one way of, of, have, of having lived my life but I, I just now feel I, I don't I, I know that there's going to be an end game but I'm I'm living my life every day. That's what I feel every day. And you're sending that message to so many people. Well, how I, has, I mean, you know, there've been studies about music, how music is, is in so many ways helpful that people have music in their lives are, are more, I was going to use the word fulfilled, so I can't think of a better word, but you have music. And I know that you um, saw someone playing at an orchestra, the flute, when you were 10 years old, and that got you hooked on it. And ever since you've been playing, does that? Yeah, sorry. No, does that give you, is, is that a huge outlet? um in addition to the poetry oh it's it's enormous uh i wake up in the morning and i have my other with me and the other is my flute i roll out of bed do my floor exercises and uh get up and start playing the flute um it's the flute is my other and it is with me constantly and you know, I have a, there's a strong relationship between music and memory, and um, I I think that uh, I'm very lucky that I've been able to make music and hear music and express myself through music, um, and and I can do it through other people because it's not you know I I'm not a I don't write music. I, um, I, I play other people's music when I'm you know, performing, et cetera. But there's a way in which, um, you know, Tony Bennett is a good example of, of what music can do to memory. And uh, when he's gone, uh, he's still here with us. That's right. That's right. What what else would you like to give me another one of your your um, poems in the book that you that really resonate? Well, all of them resonate. 
How about another one? Getting it together. I've made a date with my banker because I hanker to know where things stand when it comes to what I'll hand to my next of kin. So I should begin to keep track of stuff to see if there is enough to pass around when I'm under the ground. I'm not being dramatic, but I can no longer be static about what lies ahead when I'm dead, which oddly I do not dread. Instead, I want to avoid leaving a mess for the family to assess. I'd like them to say she left it this way to keep trouble at bay and to avoid a fray. I don't expect to croak at midnight's stroke, but I don't want to be 103, which my mother has achieved. I will stick with the plan I've made with my man. When the time seems right, we will have the delight of donning deer suits on the first day of hunting and we'll go out in the fields and wait to meet our fates. Only I hope the hunters know how to shoot straight. I agree with you. One of these, uh, one of the ones, a uh, couple of more uh, further on, anxiety is inconvenient. <laughs> that title is fantastic. Would you like to read that? <laughs> I, did I write that? <laughs> Hang on a sec, we'll get there, page 71. It is so inconvenient, isn't it? <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Here we go. Anxiety is inconvenient. I try to be lenient on myself when I'm in a twist about this and that. I should make a list about ways to avoid self-flagellation and constant agitation. I should be able to grapple with life in the apple and existence upstate. It would be great if I could just relax instead of bracing for attacks and worrying about cracks in my brain, which is a pain. Maybe what the shrink says is right. I need a variety of strategies to fend off my endless anxieties. So I'll go back for another session and hope it yields a good lesson. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Let um, me read, if you don't mind, the, the last poem uh, in, in the book, because it says it It's all. wonderful. Go right ahead. A super sunny Sunday, almost August, and the tomatoes are bulging on their vines. The flowers continue to burst toward the sky in colors that astound, while on the ground our once hearty kale has been ripped out by rabbits who attack at dawn and are gone in a flash, leaving the crop tattered and torn. Nothing lasts forever, not kale or tomatoes or cucumbers or the glorious flowers that fill our fields or the people we adore. And though I know my days are numbered, I feel unencumbered by thoughts of my demise. I do not embrace my inevitable decline, but I'm determined to find a way to make the rest of my stay on this problematic planet filled with light and love and music. As for the deer suit I promised to don, I don't think I'll put it on, not now, not yet. I'm not ready. I feel steady and I have a strategy to keep on keeping on, which is wake up, fetch the flute, summon up syrinx, give thanks for another day and then play on 
Play on. Play on. That's what you're doing. <laughs> and that is what you're doing. And I do want to read something that um, someone said. Eugenia Zuckerman reminds us of the delicate balance between human fr fragility and resilience. And that was Yo-Yo Ma. I mean, how, how wonderful. Um, Eugenia, if you had something that you wanted to say to, uh, to people out there who are dealing with this and are scared and, and really don't know where to turn and, and what would you, what would your, what would you like to tell them? I'm thinking only because each of us are so different. And uh, there's such a wide range of people, those who are angry, those who are happy, those who are magnanimous, those who are pains in the ass. You know, everybody is, is, is so different. Um, I just feel that you have to stay positive no matter what. I think when you uh, have a diagnosis and uh, they tell you you're going to, to die in 10 days, perhaps, you know, something like that. Oh, uh, and I'm just making this up no, at don't. the moment. And I'm thinking, what, what would, what would it, if, if my husband said, you're going to die in 10 days, I probably would think to myself, wow, that, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I think I might, you know, compress it all and think, try to think positive. And I would say, it's been great. Thanks. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't really know, but I, you, you get to know the Alzheimer's Association. And I think, I think it's, um, if someone that, uh, that, you know, said I've been diagnosed, I, I would say to them, get to know the association because there is so much help there. Um, uh, there are so many uh, ways in which you can reach out and be helped. And uh, I think that that is um, crucial. One of the things that I have been enjoying so much uh, for a number of years now is that I read to uh, groups of people um, online um, and, and talk to them about what they're feeling and what they're doing. And um, I feel that I have all these friends that talk to me and I talk to them. They help me so much. And I think um, we're very lucky and I, 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 can't, uh, I can't tell you how I, important I think it is for people uh, who are going through it. I say going through because so many people say um, I'm, uh, who are suffering. I, I, I have to say, I don't use the word that I'm suffering. And I think that it would be great if people who have this diagnosis get suffering out of it. Because yes, of course, it is something that you have to suffer through. But I think it's important to 
I think it hel it's helpful to get that out of your, um, what's the word? Vocabulary. Vocabulary. Yes. Do not say, say, I tell myself, I get out of bed, I roll on the floor, I do my exercises, and it actually goes across my eyes and it says, seize the day. Um, I love it. And, and um, that's what you've got to do. No one's going to do it for you. Exactly. Exactly. And Eugenia, you have a website. Do I? Yeah. Oh, I guess I do. <laughs> I believe, no. I, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Dick, but I believe it's eugeniazuckerman.com. That's correct. Okay. Because it. yes, you have a website and it's great. It has so much on there and it has a lot of your interviews, your past interviews from years ago. And it also has information about your book and uh, a new poem uh, that you wrote about bruised fruit. I believe. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> so Eugenia, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And um, I can't wait for my listeners to hear our conversation because it's so uplifting. And I think the message that you're giving out there to others and also the, the role model you are for your children and your grandchildren. I know you have grandchildren. I just had my first grandchild. Yeah, how many yeah. do you have? We have three. I have one. But uh -huh. we go, I'll, I'll take the one right now. He's five and a half months old. Um, so, there you go. <laughs> I thank you so much. Uh, this has been, it, it's been a pleasure. It's really <laughs> been a pleasure. And I will continue to follow what you're doing because I think it's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, please share it with another person you think would be interested. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. This has been a Life of Prey production.